This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. If you've been listening lately, then you know I've been talking about divine GPS and what happens if something is missing. And today, the item we're talking about is what if the guidance is missing out of the GPS system? So you might have power. You might be taking some steps. However, you do not have the divine guidance. Now, for this particular episode, do remember and do keep in mind that when you're missing one piece, as I've said before, you're likely to miss another piece. It's very hard not to have guidance and to have the other components. And usually we are missing guidance because we take the wrong steps. And we take the wrong steps sometimes after we've gotten guidance and therefore we lose our way. And that's a little bit about what's happening in today's story. Here was a person that got divine guidance from God, they had divine power from God, and they were taking the right steps, heading in the right direction, and then they got thrown off course. So that's what today's episode is about. And today's episode comes from 1 Kings, the 13th chapter, and we're going to be talking about a prophet that's referred to simply as the prophet of Judah. This prophet of Judah was a true and real prophet of God, and God sent him up to the northern territory to talk to King Jeroboam of Israel. And King Jeroboam was a very evil king, and he had led God's people astray into worshiping idols and all kinds of false and evil practices up there. And so he's up in Bethel. So the prophet of Judah was told to go up there to prophesy to Jeroboam about what was going to happen in the future. And essentially, it was a prophecy against him, against the northern kingdom, and so on and so forth. It was going to be God's judgment because of their false idolatry worship. So when he goes up there, God gave him very specific instructions. He was to go directly to speak to King Jeroboam. He wasn't supposed to eat or drink anything in that place. And he was supposed to come immediately back to his own home by a different route and way than the route he took on the way up. The prophet of Judah understood those instructions and he could repeat them. And he did repeat them to several other people. So he was not confused about what God's guidance was in his case. He knew what he was supposed to do. When he gets up there and he prophesied against this altar, that King Jeroboam had built. And you have to understand King Jeroboam, instead of following God's guidance, he made anybody he wanted to, to be a prophet. He made anybody he wanted to, to be a priest. And he built altars up there instead of allowing the people to come back down to Jerusalem and to worship God properly. So he had these false fake altars up there. He had false priests, false prophets, and they were worshiping false gods at the same time. So this was not even a true altar that he had, but the prophet of Judah said to him, in the future, the bones of these false priests are going to be burned on this altar, and they're going to be burned on it by 
a child who was going to be King Josiah. And King Josiah was going to be king down in the southern tribe area in Judah. He was going to be the one who burns these bones on this altar. So he's warning him about this. Now, King Jeroboam, he was kind of proud and he, he wasn't hearing it. So he stretched out his hand and he basically told his people, seize him, pronouncing this evil prophecy. And when he stretched out his hand, it withered. And he wasn't able to bring it back to himself or have control over the hand as he had before. And then he realized, oh, no, this is not a good thing. So he asked the prophet of God, the prophet of Judah, he asked them to please entreat God so that my hand will be restored. So the prophet of Judah prays to God, entreats God on behalf of King Jeroboam, and God did restore King Jeroboam's hand. So the king then invites the prophet to come to his house to, you know, just refresh himself and to rest and to get some food. And he also said to give to him a reward. Now, mind you, this is a temptation because God had sent him up there to render this prophecy. And he had told him, don't stop anywhere. Don't eat. Don't do anything up there. Come straight back. It was not a day to receive rewards or anything of the sort. So, to the prophet of Judah's credit, he told the king, no, I can't stay. I'm not able to eat bread here. I can't drink water here. And I can't even return back home the same way that I came. I've got to follow God and do this other thing instead of what you're inviting me to do. So the king left him alone and he went home by a different route. He's on his way home. Now, in the meantime, there was an old prophet up there in the Northern Territory. And so he heard that this prophet from Judah had come up and had made some pronouncements against the altar in the north. And so he asked his sons to go find out where this prophet of God had gone. So his sons went out and told his father route he was on and where he was. So the old prophet goes down and intercepts the prophet of Judah, and he found him sitting under an oak tree. And he says to him, come home with me and eat bread with me. So the prophet of Judah, the same thing to him that he said to the king, no, I'm not supposed to eat here. I'm not supposed to drink here. I'm supposed to return, you know, back home, even a different route than the way I came up. So the prophet, old prophet up in the northern kingdom says, well, I too am a prophet. And then he says, and an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring you, meaning him, the prophet of Judah, bring, bring you back to my house so that you could eat bread and drink water. And the scripture says that this old prophet up in the Northern Territory, it says that he was lying to him. So the prophet of Judah, and we've already established, he had gotten clear guidance from God. He knew what he was supposed to do. Hearing the lying prophet, of course, not realizing that he was lying, the prophet of Judah went to the house of the old prophet and he stayed in that region. He ate with him and he drank with him at his house. While this was going on, the lying prophet got a word from God that said that the prophet of Judah was going to die for his disobedience, that he wasn't even going to make it home. So the prophet of Judah recognized this was God's pronouncement against him. So he saddles up his donkey and he's heads on out to head back home like he's supposed to. And partway on the way home, he gets attacked and killed by a lion. Now, what's unusual about this is that the lion that attacked and killed him didn't devour him, didn't eat him. 
that lion stood by the side of the road by the body and his donkey didn't run away. The lion didn't attack the donkey. The donkey stood by the body by the side of the road as well. This was an incredibly unusual sight. So everyone who came by, they saw that here's this man who was dead and here's this lion standing next to him. Here's this donkey standing next to him. And so everybody was talking about it. And of course, the word got back to the old prophet from the Northern Territory as well. So he comes down there to see what all had happened. And he found the prophet of Judah dead in the road with the lions standing there and the donkey standing there. So he takes the body of the prophet of Judah, takes him on his own donkey back up you know, to his house and he buries the prophet of Judah. And he instructs his sons and says, everything that the prophet of Judah has prophesied against this place will come to pass. It is true. And he says, and when I die, I want you to bury my bones right next to his. That's in essence what the lying prophet told his sons to do. And as a result of all of this, it was true that people got to see that there was something unusual going on. And in King Jeroboam's case, he continued his evil ways. He did not stop doing all the stuff that he was doing and leading the people astray to worship false gods and idols and so on and so forth. So the bottom line is this in this story. You have to hear the word of God for you and for yourself. And when you do hear it and you know what it is, you have to follow God's word exactly as he reveals it to you. And you have to remember that there is an enemy of God, Satan, and the Bible describes Satan as a roaring lion who's roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. And that's why it's no accident that even in this story of the prophet of Judah, the one who kills him is a lion, okay? He's representing not the lion of the tribe of Judah who's representing the Messiah. He's representing the roaring lion of Satan, if you will, because Satan had gotten the prophet of Judah off track. We also know that Satan is the father of lies. And so the old prophet up in the Northern Territory, it said he was lying to the prophet of Judah. So the point is that people may come to you with all kinds of guises to get you off track from where God has you working and what he has you doing. You want to be careful to listen to God more than to listen to people. Now, there's a caveat. God does send people into our lives, people for us to hear and listen to. But here's the thing. Those people are not going to speak a word that's contrary to what God has already said. And they also are going to be people who are following God themselves. This prophet up in the Northern Territory, he wasn't following God at the time. He's following after all the stuff that, that Jeroboam is doing up there. So he's not following God. His message and his word is not consistent with what God has already said. And the other key is when you go into an enemy territory, because you've got a mission and God may send you there on a mission, don't stay too long in enemy territory. There's danger in the camp of the enemy. Don't get too comfortable up there. That's why God told me, you go up, don't even stop to eat or drink. Come home by a different route. 
that's how dangerous it was up in the northern tribe area at the time because the people had departed so far from what God had said. And then I also warn you and remind you, bad company corrupts good morals. The prophet of Judah was spending time with a false prophet, in essence, up there in the northern kingdom. And so, therefore, this corrupted the good word, which God had already given him, and which was clear to him about what he should do. So I want to remind you that if you haven't heard the rest of the series, go back and listen to the last two episodes where I covered the other pieces that might be missing, like the steps and also the power. Listen to those. And then next episode, I'm going to do sort of a wrap-up session that talks about divine timing. Timing is really important in terms of us following God's GPS. That means his guidance, provision, and also his steps for our lives in general and also for our lives at work. I also want to remind you that I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know what else would you like to hear about that would resource you and help you on your executive leadership development journey. So I invite you to write to me at Dr. Karen, D-R period, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, at transleadership.com. And let me know what you would like to hear on our show. You get to participate in the process. And today I want to close out today's session with a few verses from Galatians, the first chapter, starting with verse six, because I want to remind you, the prophet, the old prophet that was in the northern kingdom, he claimed that an angel had told him, and that this angel was from God, he said, had told him to bring the prophet of Judah to his house to eat and drink with him. And of course, that was a lie. And sometimes, you know, people will get us off track because they look like or try to pretend like they're following God just like we are. And so here's what the Bible says. Galatians 1 verses 6 through 9 says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan, for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.